we're already making plans for the ladies' Christmas brunch. We're already talking about Thanksgiving meal two weeks from now. And we just shot off fireworks for the 4th of July last week. <laughs> it's here, man. Holidays are here. I, it just seems, is this year different? It just seemed like it's rushing through. But as I, thought, as I sat there just thinking about the fact that it's almost Christmas time. I had a flashback to when I was a kid. I, was this your experience as a, little, as a kid? You go to bed on Christmas Eve and you can't hardly go to sleep because he's coming in the morning. Because he's coming in the morning. And I'm going to wake up and it's all going to be so cool. Everything's going to be lit up and the stuff's going to be there and my stocking's going to be full. And I remember waking up, you know, I never understood why mom was still asleep. Well, it's because she was up real late that night. But I got up, we all, the kids would get up, we'd run in there. It's a special day. Oh, everything was beautiful. Toys everywhere, candy everywhere. Oh, it was, a, it was so exciting. And then come Christmas afternoon, uh, it's stuff. There's boxes to put away and, and paper to throw away and I'm kind of full from lunch and the grown-ups are watching football. You go from this, wow! Real quickly in just a few hours to, yeah. I don't know, is that your, that was, that was me at least. You know, I think, we, I think we have a tendency to do that even in our relationship with God. When everything's new and we, we feel that freedom and we experience that forgiveness and we're amazed as we learn more about who He is, and that he loves us that much, and that he sent his own son, and that there's nothing too big or too little to pray for, and we're just in this awe. And then I think there's a tendency for many of us to get used to it. I think it's too easy for us to kind of look at our Christianity and our relationship with the Lord and it becomes routine and we've gone from wow to yeah. I think what triggered my thinking about some of this was I had a seminary professor. Yes, that was a long time ago. But I remember Dr. Roy Fish used to talk about what he called a holy Wow. And I think every once in a while, we as believers need to experience that holy wow. Just that awe of what a great God we serve. Some of us, I, I think, maybe relate to B.B. King's song, The Thrill is Gone. And instead, I, I hope that this morning I can help us relate to Psalm 8. What a mighty God. What an awesome God.
Let's magnify the Lord together. Let's look at Psalm 8 as we try to recapture that holy wow. And in order to help us to work through Psalm 8, we're going to look at some of the songs that we've been singing in church for years. The, the, the book of Psalms is a hymn book. And so we're going to borrow from our hymn books and our chorus books. And let's, let's let some of the songs with which we're familiar help us understand and, and experience that holy wow that David sings about in Psalm 8. We begin at verse 1. He says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. He says, first of all, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. When he says, O Lord, our Lord, he actually uses two different words. When we translate it into English, it seems like those are the same word, O Lord, our Lord, but they're not. You'll notice that the first one is all capped in your copy of Scripture. All of the letters are capitalized. The second one is not. What that tells us is the first one is the proper name of God. In other words, when David wrote this, he said, Yahweh, you are our master. Yahweh, you are our Lord. And we recognize your lordship and we celebrate that lordship. How majestic. That word speaks of majesty. That that word that that describes a king. Oh, Yahweh, you are our Lord, the Lord of all lords, the King of all kings. How majestic is your name. And that's the first song that you are probably familiar with that I want us to remember this morning as we look at verse 1. How majestic is your name. Michael W. Smith wrote the song that, you're, that you have sung many times. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. O Lord, we praise your name. O Lord, we magnify your name. Prince of peace, mighty God. O Lord, God almighty. When, he, when Michael W. Smith gave us that song, he was reminding us of this very verse. His song was based on this verse. Yahweh our master, our Lord, how majestic. Not just common, not just holy, not just cool, but how majestic is your name in all the earth. I love that phrase, in all the earth, because it says that his name is so high above every other name that all of creation is filled with his glory, that that all of creation, all the whole world sings of his majesty, from the eagle that soars above the mountaintops to the worm that crawls underground through the lowest valleys to the strange creatures resting on the deepest floor under that vast ocean where the water is undisturbed and no light can even reach all of creation 
sings his praise. Oh Lord, our Lord, Yahweh, we are yours and you are our Lord. How majestic is your name in the whole earth from the mountaintop to the lowest spot. Not only throughout the, throughout the earth, how majestic is your name in all the earth, but look what else he says. You have set your glory above the heavens. When he speaks of heavens, he speaks of that, of that realm in which there, is, there, there, there are the sun and the moon and the stars. That, that area we think of as space. He, he says, your glory cannot even be contained in the earth, nor can it even be contained in the heavens, the space that surrounds us. It is above and beyond all that has been created. You have set your glory even above the heavens. You know, I think one of the reasons that we get into meh instead of wow, one of the reasons that happens is we spend so much time thinking about what God has done for us that we might forget He is Almighty King. His majesty is above and beyond everything in creation. I... I've noticed the the songs that we sing, I think we could kind of categorize them in in three ways. There, There are those songs where we sing our faith, we sing our belief. They're they're kind of like um statements of faith. I believe this, I believe this, I believe that. And those are awesome fantastic songs for the church to sing corporately together. Then I think in my mind, I see it just a little bit higher in the praise meter. There are those songs where we like to sing about all that God has done for us. Good, good father. I'm fighting a battle, but you've already won it. We sing those songs about what he's done for us. We, we start with what we believe. That's awesome. But then we even sing songs about telling the, the, the story of what God has done for us. And those are great songs. But in my mind, the highest, holiest songs are those which don't address me or my beliefs at all. They are 100% completely focused on him. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. When we sing all about Him, we recognize that His majesty is throughout the earth and above the heavens. O Lord, Yahweh, our Lord, how majestic is Your name. The psalmist goes on into the next couple of verses. Look at verses 3 and 4. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you care for him. He says, when I look and I see all that you've created, the stars and the moon, and I I see the, the magnificence of your creation, I cannot help but say, who am I that you would even 
notice me or pay attention to me. An anonymous writer wrote that chorus with which you're familiar that speaks of God's greatness. We, We sing, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Others serve other gods. Uh, Others serve idols. Uh, Others serve multiple gods, hoping that they might make a few happy. But the God we serve, what a mighty God is the God we serve. Because when I look at his heavens, verse 3, when I look at the, hand, at the work of his fingers, I see the moon and the stars, knowing he has set them in place and set them on their journey throughout space. Who am I that he would even pay attention to me? What is man that thou art mindful of him? A Swedish hymn written by Carl Boberg and then translated into English by Stuart Hine, says, O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe is displayed. Then sings my soul, My Savior, God, to thee, how great thou art. How great thou art. What a mighty God we serve. Spurgeon said, no heart can measure, no tongue can utter the half of the greatness of Jehovah. Before going to bed one night, Teddy Roosevelt joined the naturalist William Beebe for a bit of stargazing. Roosevelt and Beebe went outside. They looked into the night sky. Roosevelt explained to Beebe, he said, that right there is the spiral galaxy of Andromeda. He indicated a small patch of light near the constellation of Pegasus. He says, it is as large as our Milky Way. It is one of a hundred million galaxies. It consists of 100 billion suns, each larger than our sun. The president then turned to Bibi and said, now I think we're small enough. Let's go to bed. Have you forgotten the greatness of God? David says, when I look at the heavens, at the work of your fingers, I see the moon and the stars. I think, what is man that you're mindful of him? Now we're small enough. Now we know our place. What a mighty God we serve. Friends, let me tell you something because I care about you. If you still think that this relationship that we call Christianity 
if you still think that this is about what, how God serves you, then you have just begun the journey. You're only beginning in your faith if that's where you are. Because what you learn is that this relationship that we call Christianity is not so much about how God serves you as it is how you begin to serve Him. It is when you're able to say, I see the stars, I hear the thunder, I know your greatness, what a mighty God we serve, and because you are great, I can't imagine that you would pay attention to me, and yet you do, and I'm grateful for that grace, and so now I'm going to serve you because you're the mighty one and I'm the little one. It is only that when we get that figured out that we begin to fully serve him and we begin to live the life we were intended to live. It is only then that we know and fulfill our purpose. You say, well, this says, I see the work of your fingers, and yet I don't see God working. Many of us might say that today. Many of us are going through a dark time, a hard time. And we might say, I don't see him at work. And I would just say to you, very tenderly, if you can't see him at work, it's not because he's not working, it's just because you can't see it. And your perception is not reality. What a mighty God we serve. We see his hand at work, and even if we don't see his hand at work, we can trust that he's fighting that battle on our behalf. Look at verse 4. What is man that you're mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have, forgiven him, you have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen and all the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. He says, what is man that you're even paying attention to us? And yet, you have chosen to place us just under the angels themselves. And you've given us dominion over everything else you've created. That's just amazing to us. We understand our position. You are Almighty God, and we are merely part of your vast creation. And yet you choose to use us. That is the wonder of it all. You may remember that song by George Beverly Shea. There's the wonder of the sunset at evening. The wonder as sunrise I see. But the wonder of wonders that thrills my soul is the wonder that God loves me. Oh, the wonder of it all. The wonder of it all. Just to think that God loves me. It's amazing to think that the creator of the heavens and the earth wants to have a personal relationship 
with a fat, bald country preacher. It's amazing that the one who created all that exists and holds it all together knows you by name. He knows your needs better than you do. And he knows how to meet those needs and he wants to know you and you to know him. That's the wonder of it all. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. They saved a wretch like me. Because the God who created all that exists chooses to know me. Stuart Hamlin wrote a a gospel song, maybe not as familiar to many of us. Many years ago, it had a real country twang sound to it, so some of you would have loved it. Yeah, I, I saw Robert perk up. How big is God, he sang. How big and wide his vast domain. To try and tell these lips can only start. He's big enough to rule this mighty universe yet small enough to live within my heart. Isn't that amazing? The wonder of it all. And then look at verse 9. Verse 9 is the bookend to verse 1. He's come full circle and he completes where he began. Oh, Yahweh, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. He says, we recognize that majesty. How majestic is your name in all the earth. It is when we're in that position to recognize his glory that we are in the best position of all to know Him fully. Michael O'Shields helps us when he calls us, O magnify the Lord, for He is worthy to be praised. O magnify the Lord, He is worthy to be praised. Hosanna, blessed be the rock, blessed be the rock, of my salvation. O'Shields calls us to magnify the Lord, much like Sandy Patty did. You remember her song? Oh, magnify, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I used to have a hard time with that word magnify. How can you magnify the Lord? I, I used to struggle with that because how can you make God bigger than he is? And then one day, it just, it just hit me. John, you're being an idiot. Do you ever get the idiot slap from yourself? Golly! When you magnify something, you get that magnifying glass, you magnify something, you are not changing its size, right? You're changing how you view it. 
Oh, magnify the Lord with me. No, you can't make him any bigger than he is, but you can certainly expand your vision of him. Let us magnify the Lord. And it always, almost always calls us to do it together. People of God, together, corporately, may we sing his praise, may we tell his story, may we celebrate his love. Let us magnify the Lord together. Not making him bigger than he is because none of us could do that, but in expanding our vision and expanding the vision of others, let us magnify his name together. That song that I mentioned from Sandy Patty was actually not original words because she was just singing Psalm 34 and 3. Psalm 34 verse 3, glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. That is the invitation this morning. Glorify the Lord with me. Let's magnify his name together. Let's exalt his name together. Friend, don't go through another day taking him for granted or failing to see his marvelous work in your life. Magnify him. When the extraordinary happens and when the extraordinary uh, that was unexpected and, 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 and fantastic, when that becomes familiar to you and you feel meh, just learn to magnify him. When the amazing becomes amusing, the miraculous becomes mundane, magnify him. When the overwhelming becomes overlooked and the powerful becomes passe magnify him when the incredible becomes common and the awesome becomes average magnify him you need to expand your vision that we might capture again that holy wow the mind of man cannot fully comprehend him the heart of man cannot fully contain him. The soul of man cannot fully know him. The strength of man cannot fully serve him. But this morning I'm going to tell you that those things will not always be true. Because one of these days, one of these days, I'll be set free from this body that restrains and restricts. And the blinders of this world will fall from my eyes and I will see him as he is. No longer looking through a glass dimly, but seeing him face to face in all his brilliant glory. Someday I will understand. Someday I will see. Someday I will know. Until that day, I'm determined. Until that day, I'm resolved not to stop learning. I'm resolved I will not stop searching. I will not stop asking. I will not stop seeking. I will not stop being amazed by His glory, overwhelmed by His love, and awed by His majesty. Palmer Hartso put that into words in such a beautiful way. 
He said, I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delights. Oh, things that are higher, things that are nobler, these have allured my sight. I will hasten to him, hasten so glad and free. Jesus, greatest, highest, I will come to thee. Friends, would you stand with me? Let us glorify the Lord and exalt his name together. Let us be resolved to regain and retain that holy wow.